In an interview with Oncology Learning Network, Dr. Gabriella Hobbs, Clinical Director of the Adult Leukemia Service at Massachusetts General Hospital, answered a series of questions about how she treats patients with chronic myeloid leukemia, here referred to as CML. Dr. Hobbs, what are the most important factors to consider during the decision-making process for first-line TKI selection in patients with chronic phase CML? The most important factors to consider when choosing a TKI for patients with a new diagnosis of chronic myelocytic leukemia is several different things. Importantly to consider is their SOCAL risk score or UTOS risk score or whatever risk score physicians are used to using. And in general, if patients have low-risk disease, they can choose any of the TKIs that are available. For high-risk disease patients, it is reasonable to start with a second-generation TKI, such as disatinib or nilotinib. Outside of the risk of their CML diagnosis, it is important to take into account the patient's comorbidities, medications that they may be taking to know which TKI may be the right one for them. So patients that have a history of pleural effusion or have issues with having had a lot of issues with their lungs in the past are probably not the best candidates for disatinib, for example. Patients with a lot of cardiovascular comorbidities are probably not the best candidates for nilotinib, for instance. And patients that have significant GI issues, especially any problems with diarrhea, are probably not the best candidates for bosutinib. And so depending on what the patients have as their um, underlying medical conditions at the time of diagnosis, the TKI can be tailored to make sure that it, it is tolerable. And in addition, it's always important to go through a medication list to ensure that any of the medications that the patients need to take don't interact with the tyrosine kinase inhibitor that's going to be prescribed. Do second and third generation TKIs differ significantly from first generation TKIs with regard to pharmacologic profile? Second generation TKIs versus first-generation TKI, mainly imatinib, haven't been shown to be different in terms of overall survival, but they have a variety of different drug interactions or or different side effects. So they they really do differ in terms of how patients tolerate second versus first, but in terms of efficacy, they, they tend to be the same. Can you briefly describe the types of responses that indicate standard first-line TKI treatment is working effectively? Yeah, so um, with CML, we're fortunate to have very concrete and specific guidelines to know um, how to monitor our patients and then to also know when the therapy is effective. And to that, I would um, always refer either patients or physicians to the NCCN guidelines that have a very clear table going over all of the different landmarks. So response is defined differently at different time points. So initially, the first sign of response is that patients have a normalization of their blood counts, which is also called hematologic remission, and this should happen within the first three months of being on one of these drugs. At the first three months, their PCR should also be less than 10%. At six months, it should be less than 1%, and at one year, it should be somewhere between 1% and 0.1%. And so success is defined based on how long a patient has been on tyrosine kinase inhibitors. And these percentages, I should mention, are in the international scale.